0: Hi, everyone. It's the Pirate People podcast from North Central Missouri College's Pirates Digital Media. I am Rick Cole. Today on the podcast, we visit with Pirate eSports coach Chris Flowers, who's also a part of NCMC's IT program. What is eSports? You're about to find out as we visit with Chris Flowers. Chris, welcome. We're going to talk a little about uh, your eSports team now in its, I'm guessing, fourth year? Fourth year, yep. Yeah, what's kind of been the arc of this team? What's how did it start, and and where is it now? Just kind of as an overview. Uh,
1: we started probably like four years ago. Um, we started as a club status. We competed in NACE, um, which is basically we're not specific to competing against smaller community colleges. We can face teams that privately sign up for NACE, or we're facing bigger universities like Mizzou and Kansas um, and Texas Tech and. Um, much bigger um, teams than what we would be. Right. Yeah. Um, we kind of did that for about two years, um, and then we we wanted to go bigger. We wanted to get esports into that athletic program here at NCMC, be part of NJCAA. Um, so that's what we did. Third year in, we switched over, um, and we've been part of that ever since. Um, And now we're just facing smaller community colleges, technical colleges, things of that sort, Um, which I think is far better. Not saying I didn't enjoy competing against those bigger schools because we did make waves in competing against those schools. You know, we beat bigger schools like Butler and Auburn. Right. Um, But focusing on community colleges that are around the same size as us, maybe a little bit bigger, is a lot better experience for my kids because it's less of a panic factor for them, knowing that they're going to go against <laughs> yeah. Mizzou or someone like that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we've been doing that for about two, going on three years now, um, and that's what we'll, we'll go forth, um, keep continuing to do going forward.
0: Right. Break it down for us. For those who don't know what esports is, give me a very simplified definition of the
1: esports world. So esports is competitive computer gaming basically, in broadest terms.
0: So those kids that have that, you know, I sit and I play computer games can now get scholarship money, can compete for a school, right? And it's a big
1: deal now. It is a big deal. Um, Those kids that are not necessarily athletically driven or athletically gifted um, and and can't have that college athlete experience are now able to. They have that opportunity. Um, The the kids that normally just sit at home, they have a, a chance to go be part of something that's getting huge in college and universities now um, and and have that college athlete experience Um, and I think that's great because everyone should have at least the chance to to do those types of things and it gives those people a place to go and find their nick on campus Um, but yeah, scholarships big deal, Um, especially in bigger universities some kids are getting full rides um, each year yeah. uh, just for Amazing. playing Call of Duty or Rocket League or yeah. um, whatever the game they are, they're competing in. Um, I've had several kids from my program go on to Columbia College. Um, I work with Aaron Shockley there a lot. Um, so he, he definitely gets a hold of me when it's time to start recruiting. and He's, he's taken a lot of my kids. A couple of them, um, you know, Rainbow Six Siege, I had one go there. Um, and then I had a Madden player, uh, Rudy, um, which is making huge waves over there now. Oh, wow. Um, so Rudy actually, he started the Madden program for me, um, competed in it and won the whole tournament um, one year for me. And then he's playing at Columbia College now, started their Madden program. He's the first Madden player there as well. Right. Um, he's ranked top 100 in the country and nice. um, ranked top 10 in their division. So, um, it's it's cool to hear those stories it's as a coach it makes you feel good knowing that you started something and, and gave that student an opportunity to go do something that they normally wouldn't have been able to do in the first place because if you ask rudy he had no plans on going to college after here yeah yeah he was just going to come here I, get a degree and be done
0: i want so. to talk to you about the aspects of coaching this but first let's go back to the game so student goes to a college to play a specific game? We do. And do uh, colleges, and are they known for players in certain game categories? How many, for instance, Crash Bandicoot guys do you have?
1: Uh, None. So (laughs) the NJCAA, we compete through an organization called Generation Esports. It's basically an online um, interface website that you sign up for certain games. They offer only certain games. Okay. Um, for they have high school leagues. They have college, um, and then they also have like like military, um, if you're into that. Um, but basically, they they do a round robin tournament. They do um, bigger. They do open seed. They do, in, in, I can't think of the word, um, invitational tournaments. There it okay. is. Um, but. We, I specifically, I like to stay in my own lane. I like to recruit and coach games that I'm, I play on my own time. I'm very good at it on my own time. I understand the game. If I don't understand the game, I'm not going to coach it. Okay, sure. That's like a basketball coach being a golf coach. It's yeah, just not yeah. going to work. that makes sense. Um, so we, um right now I stick to Call of Duty and, and Rocket League, and then I have a couple Madden guys. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Now I wish they would add some more games uh, that I play on my own time that I would love to coach, but it's just, you know, you just have to sit and wait and hope to do it.
0: So we have those three sports going on right now, but always the possibility of that changing in the future. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. The games that we have now have changed since I started the program. Um, I know when I first started, we did Rocket League, and we also did Overwatch. Overwatch was my biggest one. Um, I had 12 kids out for that our first year. but yeah, they change from year to year. Now with titles, different titles coming out each year, those games usually, it depends on when they fall on release date but, so right now we play Call of Duty but there's two aspects of Call of Duty. We play 4v4 competitive multiplayer and then we also play Warzone. And Warzone's just basically, um, think of it like the Hunger Games. Everybody drops into okay. the map, finds whatever they can, the last team standing wins type ah, deal. Interesting. Um, But with Call of Duty, a new title comes out every year. Well, the title usually drops around November, and that's middle of fall semester. Right. So usually, typically, we play the fall semester in the year prior's title, Mm -hmm. and then come spring semester, that's when NJCAAE adds the new title, and we start competing in the new Call of Duty the following semester.
0: Fascinating. Fascinating. How do you get kids to come? Uh, I mean, are you... Are you going and and asking them who plays what, and how do you get in touch with them, and how does the recruiting process even work?
1: Recruiting process for eSports, I tell a lot of people this, it's a lot harder than recruiting for any other sport because gamers are typically not the easiest people to find. Um, Right. You can't go to a basketball court and watch them. Exactly. Um, So finding them, locating them is a little bit harder, especially most eSports players aren't very outroverted. Um, They're very to themselves, and they're not like, I'm over here, choose me type deal. Um, But there are websites, berecruited.com or things of that nature. You can go on there and find them. NJCAA has been great with sending out um, spreadsheets at the end of every academic year, Um, and they let us see a whole Excel spreadsheet of hundreds of students. Um, they usually keep it from sophomore to seniors, and then those students can go on there and put what titles they're interested what state they're interested in, gotcha. what college at, their contact info. So I usually reach out to those kids around summer. I have been going to um, recruitment fairs. I actually went to my first one in Des Moines a couple weekends ago, um, and it was at the Hive um, Event Center. In West Des Moines, okay, yeah. and uh, they they at the same time they were hosting the national titles championship games for high school esports. Good place to be. Um, so yeah, there was hundreds of students there. Um, different colleges came up. Different universities set up their tables in the gymnasium.
0: So um, you set up a table and they come to you mm-hmm, if they're interested. Yep.
1: Um, I usually uh, have people come to me. Usually students that are here, um, they say, "Hey, my my friend's still in high school. He's going to be looking to go somewhere next year." Right. Or, um, just through the grapevine is mainly how I get them. Um, that's how it's worked in past years is the students I have usually have friends coming in the following year, and I, I reach out to those kids right. and get them. Um, I do a lot of internal recruiting just because it's a lot easier for eSports kids. Like internal I said, recruiting? So they're they're coming to school here, and then I have opening tryouts. I have uh, a meeting for eSports gotcha. at the beginning of every semester um, just because, like I said before, finding eSports players isn't the easiest right. um, and, and going to that West Des Moines um, recruitment fair I actually found out that that's how a lot of the other colleges do their recruiting is nah. a lot of them are internal and I wouldn't think that means that you know bigger schools have bigger budgets bigger scholarships sure right um, but th- that's how most of them do it and the, you know, there are exceptions of course they do find them out outsourcing right. but, um, but yeah mainly internal
0: how do you know
1: if they're any good um, I've been a gamer since I've been little, so I, I have that natural, um, natural skill of if I watch them play, I can see if they have potential. And potential is the biggest thing, right? You can come in and I can coach you, I can get you to the level that I want you. Um, but if if you come in and try out, and you know I see that there's potentially nothing there, right. then And I can't. It's it's hard to work with somebody that doesn't have potential because, or they don't have the willingness to learn, or you know you pick exactly. up on those little things. Um, But, yeah, I've had kids that come in not necessarily good at a certain game, but they can be coached and and they play other games that, you know, that skill carries over.
0: Do you watch them play?
1: I do. I watch them game. uh, And I also, you know, what's cool about being an eSports coach is I not only get to watch them play. That's one type of coaching, you know, pick up on their mistakes, review the footage, record it while they're playing. Um, watch film and all that stuff, but another type of coaching with esports is you get to jump in and, and, and play with those students. Um, so <laughs> that's cool. You know, I go to practice, and if I need to work one on one with a student, then I invite them to a game, and we right. play just um, just a solo session. Um, Which just us because there
0: are no and you made the uh you made the comparison to basketball i think a little bit ago but you know there's no vertical jump test here there's no speed test there's no you know how many jump shots can you hit from this spot so i'm just that's that's fascinating to me the way you would evaluate a player not only you know initially but then continue to
1: evaluate them as as a player of your own yeah yeah and and Sometimes in esports, the kids just not understanding what you're saying to them. Um, just by saying, you know, we watch film a lot. I sit them down, and say, we pause it, we're like, look, look here, this is what we should have done. Um, this is what I want you to do. And they're not grasping that concept. So jumping into the game and physically creating a private lobby and just having us in there and just showing them yourself. Um, sometimes doing it with them and seeing it in, in the game for them helps yeah translate that unless
0: you're larry bird or something back to the basketball analogy you just you don't do that right Right. i mean uh who gets to do that with their players and play at really their level or better that's really interesting the kids though besides the metrics or watching them play uh, most coaches have a different way of evaluating this i'm going to ask you your philosophy how do you pick a kid that's going to fit in with what you currently have and, and fit in with you
1: um, that's a tough one. Um, you don't really know if they're going to fit in with your current players until you actually have them first day of practice. Um, you know, tryouts are usually just watching them play just a random game on their own, um, and, and then when practice comes, you throw them in with with your already recruited players. Um, I have gone through a lot of rotations, a different, a lot of different lineups on game days, um, just trying different things, what works, um, and and seeing what i think will work best and um with esports and with any sport really honestly is watching them play all together and you can kind of see whether they have that team dynamic and team chemistry aspect of if they don't have the team chemistry can they get that team chemistry yeah Um, is it important to have chemistry oh yeah it's huge Um, call of duty especially is a lot of communications if if you stop talking at any point during a match you're you're doing something wrong Hmm. you're you're not you're not playing the game like you're supposed to there should be constant talk and and it not only um, when i say constant talk i don't mean just like how's the weather today yeah right Um, constant constant call outs you know uh, and the most important thing with eSports is you have four four people on a team with mics, you don't want to flood the channel. You don't, because if everyone starts doing that at some point, no one's going to understand what Absolutely. anybody's saying. It's just going to be a loud mess in your ear. Yeah. Um, so usually I have in-game leaders um, that take on the major call-outs, so they're talking most of the time. And for me, that's Morgan or Cody. Um, but everyone else... You know, of course, I want them to call out. You know, if, if they get killed and he, on this side of the map, um, we study maps and we we come up mm. with a naming scheme of every part of that. This map. This is beforehand, right? right this yeah. is beforehand. Yeah. So we learn the map. We understand. Okay, this this staircase here is going to call. Is it, we're going to call that um, stair one or stair two or um, heady one or. Um, there's a there's a map that has a bedroom on a balcony that can look down at a certain objective point. We call that um, top bedroom. Okay. Um, just short, quick. My team knows what right. they're talking about. Communication again. Yeah. 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 So
0: that's that's uh, very impressive. So you do some prep before matches, and you then how about after matches? Do you do a, like a post mortem where you guys talk about what went well,
1: what did not go well? We do um, on on games. I record every game. I stream it to our Twitch channel. Um, more now recently just because i got my, my old twitch channel something happened to it i could never get back into it so i mm. finally had the time to set up a new one we we started recording our past couple weeks matches and putting it on there for film um you know if we do exceptionally well um we don't necessarily focus on film all that much yeah um but if we do bad then you know we're definitely hitting the film room um, we're watching that film we're breaking it down we're seeing because we could face these same kids come playoff time yeah, um, yeah. And it's 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 a round robin, so we're only going to play them once. But come playoff time, you could play sure, again. Sure, um, So yeah, focus on what we did bad. Make sure we're ready for that. Save that film in yeah. case we do play them, and we'll watch it the day before, yeah. if not the day of, um, and be prepared for them the next time. Um, so yeah, film film's a big part of it, um, and. and Twitch channels and, and streaming services really make that sure. easier to do. I want
0: to hear about that, but first let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned a couple of kids real quickly. Can you tell me about some of the, some of the outstanding players you've got?
1: Of course. Um, so I have Cody Middleton. He, uh, I recruited him originally for Rainbow Six Siege, um, last year. So fall of 2022 or 2021, I think it was fall of 2021, um, last academic year. Um, He didn't start for me. Um, He was sixth man. So um, he put in the time. He put in the grind, uh, became a starter for that team, learned mouse and keyboard uh, for that game, and then we started competing more heavily in Call of Duty um, that following semester, and that's what he's really good at. Um, He he plays controller on that game. He's put in the time. He's put in probably the most work of anybody on the team so far. Um, he he just wants it that bad. Um, he's he's ranked um, crimson in new Call of Duty, which is two tiers under top two fifty in the world. Um, so he's very very good. He's he's very knowledgeable about the game. He understands it, um, and that's why you know he's one of my IGLs. Yeah. Um, this is his last semester for me, so I'm kind of sad to see him go. Um, but. William Jewell, uh, we had the campus visit from their coaching staff and watched one of our competitions a few weeks ago. And they're actually starting one of their programs um, this coming fall. So I think right. it's, it's looking very high hopes for him to get a scholarship to get, go continue his Call of Duty career at William Jewell. Um, and I think he's very ecstatic about that.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Anybody else you want to mention?
1: Uh, Morgan McBroom, I uh, recruited him the same time um, as Cody, um, again for Siege. And then we started competing in Call of Duty, and he's actually um, the IGL for my COD team. Um, he doesn't put in—he doesn't put as much time in it as Cody, just because he's got a lot of things in his personal life going on. Um, but just very, very knowledgeable of the game as well. He watches the Call of Duty League, which is the professional scene of it, so he understands map breakdowns. He's the one that comes up with um, the naming schemes of the callouts and and things of that nature. So he just, he puts in the time to make sure that everybody's on the same page and everybody's familiar with the maps.
0: Right, right. What do uh, what do gamers do following graduation when they're all done at the college level? What opportunities await them?
1: So it depends on what degree you get, really. Gaming, if you're just gaming in your free time, um, you know, you, you got to get a degree in um, digital design or graphic design or sports media or... Um, and I would say sports media is the biggest one or graphic design Th- those two are the main ones digital media um, and sports media you'd be a broadcaster for eSports which is right. a huge thing right now mm-hmm. um, you know all of these land events that all of these pro players are playing at um, always have broadcasters um, e- even in the college level then the, the digital Sports media programs at these colleges, you know, like I said in West Des Moines, when they had the national championships, they had broadcasters um, that were students that from every school. So when it was time for their team to compete, they'd sit at the broadcasting table and, huh. and call out their games. So wow, just sitting there watching them do that, knowing that there's a future for these kids, and not just competing, but if they love Ritz. e-sports, they can do other things like Ritz. broadcasting or design for that's great for pro scene teams and. Things of that nature
0: now let's go into how we see your games you, you talked a little bit about the new page and just would you explain all of that and how people can watch
1: yeah so I usually post um, the game game day posts on the Facebook page on the our athletics page um, I, I always add the twitch link like I said it's been recent it hasn't been always um, but from going here forward I will always put the twitch link there and we always start right on time um, so Mondays is seven o'clock, or excuse me, Mondays is five o'clock. Wednesdays is seven o'clock. Um, both those days are call duties, four uh, v four multiplayer in Warzone. Um, so those will be live. We don't have commentators at the moment. Um, that's something that I would love to eventually get, maybe a team manager or someone of that nature to understand the, that understands the game that can call right. it out and just make that stream more enjoyable. Right. Um, but yeah, we the new page is called North Central Esports on Twitch. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's it's going we're gonna hopefully grow that page and yeah get it bigger than what it is.
0: Besides being a gamer yourself, what's the joy in this for you? What's the what do you get out of it?
1: Like I said earlier, the stories, the the feeling of accomplishment that these that I feel when these kids go on. Um, they get to continue their careers, their college, their education is the biggest one. Um, like I said with Rudy, he got to continue his education that he didn't, didn't even plan on doing. Right, and some kids don't. Um, yeah, and now he's featured in sports magazines, and um, he, he's become a big name over there. So just having that gratification um, and feeling of I helped getting there. Right. Um, that's that's the biggest feeling for me. Um, I, I love it. It uh, makes me feel... Like I'm doing a good job, and
0: sure, sure. Um, As I recall, not many women playing esports, at least here. Is that can that change? Should it
1: change? It, it should, can, it should change, and it can change. Um, I had one female athlete. Um, I had the, the year. I think it was the year that we went official, um, our first year. So about three years ago, um, she was on a team with 25 other boys. That was my biggest team um, <laughs> since we started the program. Um, it, it was difficult. It was it was a challenge, um, just because she was the only female. Right. Um, so trying to um, you know manage all of that and, and the um, politics behind all of the things that are said and done in the room if you're yeah. not in there, um, you know. And I always try to express I'm all for recruiting female. I, right. I think it's great. I, I love it. I go to other colleges and they have females on their team. Um, it's a great dynamic if you let it be and, it, and if it works mm-hmm. out that way. Um, so it's definitely, I'm open to the possibility of it. I'm looking, I'm constantly looking. Um, I think it would be great. Do women tend to play
0: other games besides the war game, football game thing?
1: Not very many play Madden. A lot of them stick to the Call of Duties and Overwatch and League of Legends. That's where most of the females I'm seeing at these other colleges play is Overwatch and League okay. of Legends. Okay. Um, you know, if, you know, war's not their thing, um, then, you know, different character abilities and right. you know, kind of, kind of the, I wouldn't say, I want to say cartoonish, but that's not the right term for it, but it kind of gets the idea across. Yeah, I think I know um, what you're saying. Yeah, so they tend to drift towards that more often. Right,
0: right. Well, when does your season run? When are you wrapping things up this year?
1: So our season runs all year round. We have a fall season and we have a spring semester season. Um, and we're in, I want to say like week, what is it, March? Um I can't even tell you the exact week, but we're, we're we started our semester um, tournament in f- mid-February, so you know we're we're a little bit yeah. five games in. I think we're on week six this next week. Um, so playoffs start around late April, early May, okay. and we'll you know if we make it to um, semifinals and finals, that should wrap up around. Uh, Right around graduation for us. Right. So, That like yeah. week of May. Yeah,
0: all right. Well, good deal. And best of luck to you and, and all your players. Well, thank you. And we'll continue to kind of monitor and see what new games are out there. And uh, by the way, what's the uh, what's the ideal squad size for you?
1: Ideal squad size for me. I have 10 on the team right now, um, two of those kids being Madden players. Um, so, I have eight Call of Duty. Um, and then I have, you know, they compete. Three of those players compete in cross games, so they okay. compete in Call of Duty and Rocket League. Um, so, ideal squad size, I'd like to have a, you know a, a main team and then a backup team, just so that you have those subs in case the players are sick or something happens. You know, everyday life happens, um, so it's good to have those backups, just like any other team. Right.
0: Well, thank you, Chris, for the information.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for joining us today on the Pirate People podcast. And thank you to Chris Flowers, the coach of the NCMC Pirate Esports team. I'm Rick Cole. Until next week, we say goodbye and go Pirates.